0: Hello everybody out there. I'm Joe Catron, the operations manager at Yakima Chief Ranches.
1: And I'm Steve Carpenter, chief supply chain officer at Yakima Chief Hops. And welcome to another episode of Beer, Baseball and Binds. Um, We're here, it's the first of June and uh, we're still missing that uh, baseball season starting, but the hop season's underway and we have a very special guest with us today. We have Aaron Inkrot from uh, St. Arnold's Brewing in Houston, Texas. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show, Aaron.
2: Thanks, guys. Always a, always a fun to hang out.
1: Yeah, Aaron joined us on our very first podcast back uh, 2 years ago, right? Uh, about this time and we're happy to have him back uh, to talk a little bit about St. Arnold's Brewery, a uh, great customer of ours making some great beer. And uh, also the Houston Astros, and we'll work in a little bit about Hops and uh, maybe the Seattle Mariners, too, because the Astros and the Mariners share the same division in baseball. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, uh, Aaron, you know, I know we've all been uh, confronted with this uh, COVID situation, and uh, we're still stuck up here in Washington State kind of – we're an essential business, so we're up and going and, and trying to uh, navigate the, the waters. But uh, we don't have any restaurants open up here. And we don't have any brew pubs open up. And uh, you guys are starting to open up down there, right?
2: That's correct. Um, we, uh, we started opening restaurants about two weeks ago. Bars and restaurants or bars could open up last Friday. And then we actually have a beer garden and restaurant at our brewery and it actually opened up on Monday.
1: Oh, wonderful. We took,
2: we took some time to kind of navigate the seas to see how the first couple of weeks of openings went. Um, we try to see where the, the pandemic was going and try to see what was going on. Cause we employ close to 180 people to run the restaurant. So it wow. was, it was kind of hesitant for us to go full bore right off the bat until we, saw where everything was going, so we kind of opened up slowly and so far it's been nice and it's it's i've i go drink at I drink at the beer garden probably a couple times a week and it's weird to drink a pint of beer in this in the beautiful garden overlooking uh downtown Houston when no one else is there it's uh it's sad that no one can can be there
1: yeah but, mm-hmm. so is there still a little bit of hesit- hesitancy maybe to come back and uh uh, to to be within a, a crowd, or or are you uh, uh, enjoying th- more people than what you maybe were expecting?
2: Well, I think our fear is what Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are going to be like. Because I think down here people are more itching to get out than mm-hmm. other parts of the country, possibly. And um, I know there's some restaurants that had to be shut down because they exceeded the fifty <clears> percent. <throat> Um, phase two of what our Governor Abbott has uh, let let restaurants do. And,
1: right. So. so how do you approach that? Uh, can you uh, do you have to take out certain chairs and tables, or do you have to count folks as they come in? How do you how do you navigate? Yeah, we
2: that? we don't necessarily have a bouncer per se, but we did remove we we removed about. Twenty, we removed seventy-five percent of all the tables out of our beer garden, and no one's allowed inside as of yet, other than to use a restroom. But right. all of it's sitting outside, and instead of doing the six feet away from tables, we're doing eight feet, just to just to kind of hedge, you know, be, try to be a little bit safer. And all of our employees, they wear masks and gloves, and sure. you know, we I think people are just. Obviously, wanting some sense of normalcy to to begin with, I can only imagine you guys have been cooped up longer than we have. And,
1: yeah. Well, and I think, uh, quite frankly, um, I I've said this on a couple different podcasts. I really believe it. I I think that beer and baseball are going to lead the way back because what we're really missing right now, and this goes for across the planet, we're we're missing that sense of community that comes from. Being able to sit down with your friends and, and even strangers and enjoy a beer together and talk about the community and what's going on. So, hats off to you guys for leading the way.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, a- I I agree with about beer and baseball being that way because both are very patient. Um, well, especially for you individuals, for being farmers, you're more patient than brewers need to be. <laughs> um, so, but baseball is a patient sport. So,
1: well, it is absolutely. And let's talk a little bit about uh, a special beer that uh you folks put together that you were very gracious enough to send up a couple cans of it and uh Joe, go ahead yeah. and crack crack that one open. We're going to we're going to try this on uh live radio and just uh we're we're going to give you our critique, but a little background behind the 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 beer, Aaron. Uh this was uh I think originally something you were going to brew for the craft brew conference, right?
2: Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, I've been I've been friends with Spencer Tilkemeyer for a few years now, even when he was a brewer down sure. here in uh, down here in Texas, and he and I have been wanting to try to get something together with with uh, craft brewers conference and. When we were up at Harvest last year, and he was showing us some six thirty beers, they were really really cool. And so he was, you guys were a big proponent on wanting to try to focus on that hop. And I was like, okay, let's let's try a pale ale. And we had been playing around with Pato as well as a bittering hop.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I was like, okay, let's let's kind of marry these two things, and let's, let's bitter with Pato and kind of showcase what we like with six thirty. And um, first test brews, we really liked. It was Really big on cantaloupe and um, kind of honeydew melon.
0: Yes. And
2: on the the second iteration of the test brew, we wanted to add another little bit of layer of depth, and so we used your mosaic. Mm-hmm. And um, adds a nice kind of little blueberry and subtle pine. Sure. To it, it can mosaic can kind of have like a nice softer kind of pine resin, more uh, less so than like Simcoe. So mm-hmm. it added a nice little layer to it and
0: yeah, it's very nice yeah we we're
2: six percent six percent alcohol and we we uh obviously bittered with pato and then no other hop. then we added the 630 and the mosaic into the whirlpool and mm-hmm. then um and then we dry hopped it was a 24-hour dry hop of 630 okay. and we didn't do any late late dry hop it was just that one 24 hour and i think it we really liked how the that that melon really came out. The earlier we dry hopped, mm. um, yeah, it was really nice.
1: Joe and I have both just now tried it. I can't speak for Joe, but I definitely, you know, pick up that cantaloupe honeydew uh, background. It's a very nice beer. Um, mm-hmm. I, I drink this any yeah, day of the nice week. Nice and
0: crispy, perfect yeah. summer beer.
1: And the HBC Six Thirty obviously came from the Acma Chief Ranches program yep um what can you tell us about that joe
0: so with 630 you know uh our uh our head breeder jason perl he, re- he really likes that when he really keyed in on the, the kind of candy note of it so you guys are picking up on that melon mm-hmm. i'm getting kind of some uh some wine grape almost flavor as well yep. some of those softer white notes um and then jason really he uh he reminds him of, like, cherry candy, almost like an artificial cherry candy. Oh, that's the cherry Luden Oh, okay. Beer. Yeah, he, uh, and yeah. He, he talks about his grandfather he used to always eat those cherry Ludens, um, <laughs> it, so it's nostalgic for him. Yeah. And so 630 is kind of one of our favorites in-house. And, yeah, so Spencer and our and our other uh, brewing, you know, technical brewing team have been, really been pushing that one along with some of our other elite lines. So uh, I'm glad you're liking that one, Aaron.
1: Yeah. Now, Aaron, this uh, this beer not only is a great beer, and we can prove that because we've got some and we're drinking it right now, but there's also a very special cause that's behind the beer. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah. So once we had received, I mean, you all donated the hops, and we wanted, we were really looking forward to the Craft Brewers Conference. And once we knew that CBC was canceled, and we had the hops available, and We knew, and then we had to furlough a bunch of our employees at our restaurant, and, well, everybody across the country, well, the world, for that matter, had to lay off or furlough their their industry uh, personnel. So we partnered with uh, an organization called Houston Shift Meal, and what they do is they provide meals, you know, three meals a day for uh, restaurant industry uh, personnel that don't have a job. They provide them with meals. and. Mm so we uh with your help with the hops and country malt group with the malt um we 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 were able to we're gonna be able to donate a hundred percent of all the proceeds to um to Houston shift meal so that people that are out of work can still you know have a good hot meal mm-hmm. and, and the name gratuity it's i i think it's really fitting because thank thanking them for all their service that so we wanted to be able to provide to them as well
0: that's sure. an awesome name yeah really cool car. that's a Thanks for sharing.
1: No, I love it. I just, I really feel strongly that if more companies uh, were reaching out to their communities to make them better places to work and live, we'd have a much more sane world right now. So we appreciate you doing that, and uh, we're happy to uh, support the cause with some some hops uh, to do Mm -hmm. it with.
2: Um, I've got a question. Well, it's kind of like a pair of questions, a few questions. Um, Like when you obviously you you guys go through thousands of iterations of, of of experimental hops, whether they actually ever get to the field and grow on the vine for that matter. But how when you sit back and crack open a beer and you know all the hops that went into it, like how can you separate from just enjoying the beer and knowing, the actual physical properties of the hop growing and how difficult it might be to grow that specific varietal. Can you can you sit back and enjoy the beer or just think, oh, man, this must have, this, this hop was a pain in the ass or something like that? Like it, <laughs> you, you
1: know, Aaron, I've never, ever been able to enjoy a beer, so uh, that's kind of an unfair <laughs> question. <but laughs> defer that question to me? No, I uh, let me answer it first, Joe, and then I will defer it to you because I'm sure we may have two different answers. Sure. I mean, I'm biased, of course, Aaron, and so I always enjoy beer more knowing our hops are in it, but uh, that's just me. Um, I used to be able to pick out, uh, you know, Simcoe was one of our first hops that we rolled out to the market, and uh, I used to be able to, to pick that one out pretty quickly, you know, just in the beer, and because... It's still, I was asked this question the other day, what's your favorite hop? And I said, Simcoe, mainly because I can remember in my former life as a hop grower on that side of it, just walking through that cooling room and, and you could close your eyes and it was almost like you were in the middle of a pine forest. Mm-hmm. And and uh, that made kind of an implant in my brain on what that hop is supposed to uh smell like and and what it's supposed to taste like yeah imparting beer exactly
0: yeah that's that's a a good question Aaron uh that's good we don't really get many questions from the guests I like this no I like it kind of give and take here but um you know for us in the working with the experimentals you know we're you're right there are thousands that we're evaluating and you know some will probably never see the light of day in a in a big commercial size brew um but you know there are there are some of those distinct varieties that that stick with you and and some some varieties you know what you smell and what you can kind of get just from the raw hop uh, evaluation that's what really translates in the beer and that's what uh, really leads the charge um, some some hops uh, translate really nicely and some smell really great in the field don't necessarily impact beer the way you'd expect and so. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a good question. I like along with Steve, I mean it's uh if I've got a cold beer in my hand, I'm not complaining about much, but there's definitely certain varietals that you can that are easier to pick out in my opinion. you know, um I guess out of our brands, you know, Sabro and some of those Neo Mexicanus lines that we've released recently are, are very distinct. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and so it just kinda depends on, on the style. But yeah, with hop forward stuff, uh everybody's kinda got their preferences and it's some of them are easier to pick out than others, I suppose.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, The other way I look at it, Aaron, you guys are artists. I mean, you really are artists. You're trying to create something a little bit different and give your customers a little different taste sensation when they consume the beer. So that's the fun part of being on the hop breeding side of things is just picking out something that is uh, significantly different than something that's already out there and that, that might appeal to you guys as you're, trying to appeal to your customers so that's the fun thing Uh, that's where we get to be in the creativity business to help support your creativity by Mm -hmm. coming up with uh, these new varieties so uh, Mm -hmm. excited that you're uh, you've made a beer here using 630 because I think that one does have some some promise for uh, for brewers in the future looking for a little different take on their beer awesome
0: yeah
2: yeah we're looking forward to using it more for sure
1: yeah So let's talk a little baseball. Uh, The Houston Astros, the, uh, gosh, that World Series last year. uh, I know it didn't turn out well for the Astros, but, gosh, who could have thought that there would be a World Series played where the hometown fans left every game disappointed?
2: (laughs) Unbelievable. Yeah, please, yeah. It's it's dark to look back on, but it's – when you get that far it's you kind of have to
0: yeah it hurts worse appreciate
2: it it hurts wor- yeah <laughs> it definitely hurts worse it, it um
1: it does in certainly talking to a couple seattle mariner fans <laughs> who <we> wouldn't know who <laughs> wouldn't know what that feeling's <laughs> like <laughs> i've been around long enough or i kind of remember when we were in the playoffs way back when but uh uh, no, the Houston Astros, I, I, you know, I still remember that, uh, Sports Illustrated article a few years back that, uh, you know, he, these guys are going to be world champions someday and that, and reading it and thinking, Phew, good grief, this guy really went out on a limb making that prediction, but lo and behold, yeah. here we are, uh, that young core, they've been able to more or less keep together and, and add some pieces like, uh, you know, Grinky and Verlander and and uh, add some pitching and uh, looks like you guys are going to be the team to beat or one of them here for the next couple years.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'd like to think so at least. I mean, I know our, I'm a little concerned a little bit about our pitching and we do have some veterans with Granky and Burlander and a lot of people are really excited about McCullers.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Lance McCullers coming back cause he just got off of Tommy John's yep. and he He's got the nasty curve that no one can hit. Oh, yeah. Just everyone's wondering if if he's going to be able to, you know, keep it up. But, I mean, I'm definitely excited to see Lance come back because he's definitely fun to watch.
0: Yeah, he is. Even from a, an opponent's uh, viewpoint, he's, he has a fun pitcher to watch. Yeah.
2: I mean, they always say that it's like you can only make it to the majors if you can hit the curve. And so it's can you hit – now it can you hit the colors curve almost? So. Yeah,
1: that big uh, knee buckler coming from the, oh, yeah. the right side. Right-handed batters have to be just <laughs> shaking in their boots, waiting for that one to come. Um, but uh, yeah, and you got a new manager, Dusty Baker. Um, That's right. One, one of my all-time favorites. I uh, remember watching him as a kid, as a player. He actually, we think of him as a Dodger, at least I do. Uh, but he actually. Uh, uh, I think he came up with the Atlanta Braves and uh, spent eight years there before eight years with the Dodgers. So you guys got to be a little bit excited to have a, a, a guy of his caliber managing I think the team. having,
2: I think someone with not only his caliber but his experience and his, I feel like he's going to be able to teach the team quite a bit. So yeah. um, we're looking forward to it. Obviously we're coming off a lot like before the whole – 2020 season was supposed to start we were we didn't have the best reputation going into the season so
1: well rumor is the first thing baker did was replaced all of the aluminum trash cans with plastic trash cans is that (laughs) is that true I can't. Okay, that's, one the one, that's the one. That's the the one that's cheating the one joke. Dig.
0: That's the one dig. There you I go. S- I said nothing about
1: cheating. I was talking about sustainability, sanita- sanitation, <laughs> right. sustainability. But oh, that's uh, good. Yeah, I I think uh hopefully all that garbage uh would got over at spring training. Everybody got it out of their system, and if we're playing baseball, I don't know what the latest you've heard, Joe, or or Aaron, but uh, I guess they're fighting over money now, and you never know if they're going to get things done. But I I hope they get this season going sooner rather than later.
0: Well, Steve, I I mean, I'm an optimist. Uh, Latest I've heard is MLB has rejected the the players' 114-game proposal. Um, So hopefully, you know, that was more of an extreme reach for the players just to kind of get one more dig in before we come to a resolution here. Uh, Because with the owners bringing that 50-game proposal and then the players bringing this, hopefully we can settle in on, you know, 82, something like that that makes a lot of sense. Um, So I don't know. What what have you heard, Aaron?
2: I've heard on the shorter end, I mean, I know the players want more, but I wonder if owners get backlash from other owners from different sport leagues that say you can't go into my sport to my – to our calendar year or something sure. like that. But it's there's it a whole world that I am not very attuned to. But um, it's, we've heard probably most likely around the 80 game, but who knows?
1: Yeah, that would seem to be about right. Uh, even at 80, 82 games still gets us into half a Thanksgiving season. World exactly Series. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um,
2: ha- half a season, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm 37, and I've I would I would really like to see come back are the, are the double headers. Um, sure. And I grew up I, re, I grew up some of them, um, as a in Houston right around the age of eight and nine when those were still around and we'd mm-hmm. sit around and till the next game, but those I mean when was the last time that existed in the season i, I can't even recall but
0: i don't even think they schedule them anymore they're just to make up a make games up. that are
1: postponed mm-hmm. yeah.
2: uh yeah
1: no but. double double headers uh i used to love them i mean those uh, bonus baseball you know you go and pay for, <laughs> get to see two games for the price of one and and yeah that was something else and and uh obviously with the uh, the players union and everything else that's uh uh, probably less likely to happen now than it was back then. But uh, so you've been an Astros fan for a while, then, Aaron?
2: Yeah. So it kind of yeah. came with being in my parents being in the oil and gas industry. So I've moved back and forth between Oklahoma and Houston. So I, Houston, was always kind of if I had a home base for sports, it was always Houston. And,
0: yeah, um,
1: We're- it
2: was the old the era of Nolan Ryan. I remember seeing him play and Mike Scott.
1: Sure. Um, Yeah. Sorry. We have, of course, the Mariners and the Astros have a connection going back to the 1998 season when um, Randy Johnson was a little bit upset for not getting signed to a long term deal with the Mariners. And uh, he was traded mid season to the Astros. And uh, I think you guys gave up Freddie Garcia. Yeah. Carlos Guillen and John Halama, I think, was the other one. Oh, really? And uh, it was, I think, a good, even though the Astros went into it knowing that they probably weren't going to sign him long-term, you guys did make the playoffs that year, if I remember right. We did, yeah. And um, Johnson was like, I don't know, 10-1 or something, the second half of the season, and then just couldn't get any run support in the playoffs. I think they played the uh, the Padres, right? That year?
0: I think I think so. I I yeah, I can't. That wasn't they we were still in the national league then. Yeah. But um, they're still in the you NFL. Know. We were yeah.
2: You know. Um but
1: yeah, I yeah. remember watching that playoff and just thinking, gosh, get this guy a couple runs. He had uh he, he lost game one and then like two to one, then he lost game four. It was six to one. But he only gave up like three earned runs in two games and just couldn't get the run support. Um,
0: mm.
1: he uh ne- needed Alex Bregman, I guess, back then, and in Altuve and some of those guys. <laughs> yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: How long is Altuve's bat? It's almost as tall as he is. <laughs> I mean, when it, he's standing <laughs> well, there, it's, it's four feet long. I love, the, st- I, really? I love I
2: mean, the stories of of how we like how he learned how to play baseball. He, he tells the stories of all we had was a stick and a rock. So yeah. I mean, that's essentially how he developed his, you know, his sight for finding the ball. Is like if you take a a rock and a in a stick and upgrade that to a bat and a ball, well, he's hitting a beach ball almost. Yeah, so. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and, and he's he's not afraid to swing at that. No, ball. He does not get I cheated. Mean, yep. No. If it's within the range, he's swinging. Uh, but, uh, no, I just, uh, I, I'm hoping to get back to at uh, least part of a baseball season. It's just, uh, to me, it's a huge step towards normalcy, which is something we all crave right now. And uh, I would hesitate to guess that even some non-baseball fans would like to see the game come back sure. just to uh, provide uh, some stability to us in a in a pretty crazy world right now. Mm-hmm. So um let's talk about hops joe what's uh sure. it's the first of june i assume everyone's got their training done what's going on out in the hop yards right now
0: everything is trained up actually i was just uh made a trip down to the idaho region last weekend Um uh, curtis and i headed down there and got a bunch of new fields mapped and um so they're looking real comfortable to the yakmo right now um maybe a little bit behind you know this time of year but everything's trained everything's on the string so Um, you know, in a lot of ways the crop is, as you know, Steve, the crop is set in a lot of ways with uh, getting everything trained and uh, getting that going. Now it's just kind of monitoring and running some fertility and getting things up the the string uh, before before the days start to shorten here. So um, things are looking pretty good. And uh, so I'm looking forward. We uh, just got our interns started on Monday. Yeah. So we're uh, getting them kind of onboarded here this week and Getting them around to the different facilities and going to see where they're going to be working and looking forward to uh, kicking off the summer with them and gathering a bunch of data and scouting a bunch of fields and and getting things going. So we got a a good group this year from all over the country again. Uh, yeah. But we still got three three cougs right, so we're well go. represented for yeah. with our local kids. <laughs> well, and, you, uh,
1: they got cougars down in Houston too, you know.
0: They do. We do. Yeah. 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 But, uh, Akeem and Clyde. <laughs> Yes, right. <laughs> five, slamma jamma.
1: I love it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's going back a few years. Uh, Aaron, have you been? Have, you, we, have we got you up here to Hop Country yet?
2: I have. I've, I've been a few. I've been four or five times now. Awesome. Fortunately, and yeah. uh, it's, um, it has been. It's a beautiful place to go to, and it's especially when harvest happens. Like when you're driving, we usually fly into Portland, so we can take the drive up the. Uh, the Columbia River Gorge, sure. and, it's, yep. and uh, once you get over that valley, you can, I mean, you can smell when you're in hop country, for sure. <laughs> it's a def-
1: um, definitely a hopping place that time of the year, yeah. that's for sure. It's,
2: yeah. Um, something that we were trying to do for the 2020 crop year was try to do at least two trips, because we usually only do one, but we've been trying to put a big effort on R&D and see what kind of cool stuff you all have been working, obviously the HPC 630 is a great product from that, but try to visit with farmers more and kind of see what they're, what they're working on, what they're passionate about, rather than just having this, you know, exchange. Sure. happen. Yeah. And, um, uh, but probably won't be taking a trip at all this year, unfortunately.
0: But, yeah, yeah. When things um, get back going, Aaron, you know, please, uh, after we get off the, after the, Podcast here we'll make sure and share our contacts but it's one of the really unique advantages that we have here at Yakman Chief is being a grower own entity and um, having that access to the growers and really being intentional about bringing growers and brewers together so when you when you do make it out here make sure and hit us up and I'd love to to take you around for a day and, and show you a few different farms and Get you some different, per, different perspectives on how, how things are done.
1: That is our passion, making that connection between uh, Family Hop Farms and, and uh, you folks that are making great beer. So um, we're probably getting pretty close to be up and against our time here, Aaron, but thank you so much okay. for joining us. We appreciate it. We'll talk soon, uh, I'm sure, one way or the other. And, uh, you know, whether you're you're watching baseball or making beer, we wish you nothing but Good hops.
2: Uh Pleasure, guys, as always. All right. Looking forward to the next time.
1: Take care and stay safe.